Climb aboard the struggle bus. You got problems just like us. Climb aboard the struggle bus. Let Kate and Sally help you. Welcome to the struggle bus. I'm Kate. I'm Sally. And we're here to fix your lives. That said, we are two people whose only qualifications to give you advice are that we have lots of feelings and lots of opinions. Neither of which are a substitute for professional guidance. Hey. Hey, everyone. Hey. That's our disclaimer. Uh, so listen, if you want to talk about our intro or anything else, you can tweet mm-hmm. at us at strugglebuspod. Email us at strugglebuspodcast at gmail.com. Instagram.com slash the strugglebuspod. Uh, I was locked out of it for like a full day. Very, very scared. Yeah. Like, Real sorry happening? about that. No idea what happened. I don't know, but you got right in. Yeah, I got in. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. I thought we got hacked, but I don't think I anyone too. wants to hack us. So I think I, it's I was fine. Very concerned about getting hacked, and I realized, oh, we're not that popular. Right. But if you do want to hack us, please let us know. And at also, struggle you, podcast use the hashtag strugglepodbuds420 to find mm. a struggle buddy. We should talk about that mm-hmm. in a second. Strugglebuspodcast.com is our website where you can both listen to the episode and become a bonus member for as little as $5 a month. And with that, you get downloadable episodes from Gun- Gumroad. Download the app. Um, also, you can listen do it on the computer nine bonus episodes we do one a month we already have nine up there they're amazing and you can also get a ticket to ride bus pass mm-hmm. it's it's a great it looks like a, a mta metro card mm-hmm. but the good news is there's no subway no subway, no subway needed yeah and you can which always... is good because there's basically no subway in new york city anymore well, it's it's convenient isn't it <laughs> yeah. um and you can tweet at sally t or me at spk heller and to join the super secret Facebook group, which is a, a wonderful place of support where there's animal photos mm-hmm. and videos. And my goodness, you guys are all just crushing it. If you have a question for for advice and you don't want to ask us for any reason, mm-hmm. just email us at strugglebuspodcast at gmail.com and give us the email you use to log into Facebook with. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get the confirm email, let us know because it's 50-50 to get in. Yeah, you never know. Some people it's get fun. the confirm email, some do not. And Facebook's like, ha-ha. So don't hesitate to yeah. write back. But definitely do not hesitate to also, if you have a question, to email us at strugglebuspodcast.gmail.com. Use a separate subject. Subject. Yeah. Say question and uh, into our Facebook group. And if it's a time sensitive thing, Let write that in the old subject. So don't, yes. don't write it in the body of the email because <laughs> we won't open it unless we see it says time sensitive. Exactly. So um, real quick, the hashtag we used to find a struggle mm. buddy, we started that at first. It was yeah. before the Facebook group. And we wanted to be like, oh, let's use a hashtag. And we looked up struggle pod buddies, struggle buddies, all these things. Couldn't find anything that was available. And then we thought, oh, struggle pod buds, I think. And then yeah. you... <laughs> Equipped for twenty, and I thought it was the funniest thing in the world. So that became our our hashtag because for those of you that don't know, bud is another word for marijuana. Yeah, sure marijuana. is. And four twenty <laughs> is a day where Bob Marley was born. And is that that's, right? I think it's also people say, "Oh, it's the police code when you're they're busting pot." Use four twenty. Either way. It's Struggle Pod Buzz 420 because of a joke during a time we didn't think it would take off yeah. the show or <laughs> yeah. the hashtag. And also because Catherine and I are major stoners. Yeah. <laughs> we no. met at a <laughs> we met at a fish concert. Hilarious. Actually, you know, the opposite. We've I don't smoke anymore in college, absolutely. You are not much and we've I never been stoned together. I don't disclose my drug using status. Yeah, exactly. Due and to the fact that people who I consider authority figures like my parents, even though I'm 38, yeah. listen to this show. <laughs> but it's not like we blaze up and do a show. Yeah. Like it's the opposite. Yeah. It's um, very much the opposite. We drink coffee. We drink a lot of coffee. Yeah. We're high on coffee, buds. But that's that's the origin story yeah. of Struggle Pod Buds for 20. Someone tweeted at us and asked the origin of it. And I was like, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. Because now it's just sort of so in my 
like DNA that I didn't remember, but I, I knew that it like didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) so (laughs) I'm really glad you remembered. And that goes way back to like early, early struggle bus days. The beginning times. The beginning times. Before we invented the light bulb above our heads. That's true. Maybe what we should do is have merch with, uh, we don't want 420 merch. That's like a whole different demographic. You have such an opinion about uh, people who are like, weed's now legal for white people. I know. (laughs) I know. I'm so glad that weed is decriminalized if you're white in our country. It's a beautiful thing. We're both white. So, you know, it's a it's been pretty pretty cool on our parts, mm-hmm. right? Um, hey, listen. So we're going to talk about some things. We are, but I guess we should talk about you first, Sally, because we might <laughs> end a little early. Yeah. It might just be me reading the emails. Yeah. I've been dominating the conversation because I'm too scared to let you talk. <laughs> but fair. when you do talk, I'm like, you're fine, Sally. Why am I, I concerned? Well, What's our Catherine? Opening, <laughs> here's the thing. Opening jibber jabber, we call it. I'm going to jibber jabber about the fact that I have a concussion. Mm-hmm. Um, I sustained an injury yesterday afternoon by uh, bending over to pick something up mm-hmm. and standing up with gusto into the corner of a wall mounted uh, monitor. I like to call it purpose. With purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, I have definitely never hit my head this hard in my whole life. Um there's one more reason why we should all be wearing helmets everywhere, but that's a whole nother tangent. Um, so I didn't like lose consciousness or anything like that, but um, it it hurts so fucking bad. And there was pain like radiating down like my the back of my head and my neck and stuff. And I went to um, well, I'll, t- I'll talk about like my self-care. I, I went to urgent care and got it dealt with, um, even though I was like. I'm probably fine. When you have a concussion, they're basically just like, you know, they're like walk it off. Let us know. Don't sleep. (laughs) Rub some dirt in it. Don't fall asleep. They're basically like, don't go to sleep and um, don't get another head injury. That's like the only thing really. Oh, and you can't exercise, which sucks. But, um, but I wanted to make sure because I don't know if you remember this episode of growing pains where, um, Carol's boyfriend, Sandy, who was played by Chandler, what's his name yeah. from Friends? Yeah, yeah. He, um, I know his last name, Chandler Bing, but Chandler I don't know Bing. the actor. Yeah, he got into a car accident and he was like totally fine. And she was talking to him in the hospital, and then he died like uh, the next day because he had internal bleeding. And ever since then, anytime I sustain an injury, which is almost never because I'm extremely risk averse and I don't put myself in the path of danger ever, I'm like, even though I'm fine, I probably have internal bleeding. So that's why I went to the doctor. But anyway, the point is, um. I feel I would say not like I'm firing on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I feel like I'm firing on like 75 percent of cylinders. Mm-hmm. I feel like, for example, I was taking the subway here today and I was like not sure which stop to get off at, which was kind of weird. Um, and then and I'm like sort of quasi in a little bit of a daze, but it's definitely like coming and going. So, you know, if I give terrible advice today. So, yeah. Also, am I yelling into the mic? You're not. You're fine. From my end, I get a text yesterday. We were hosting a dinner party. Ooh. Uh, Yeah. Well, we actually, we ordered pizza, but it's from a really fancy place up the street that Jay-Z and Beyonce go to. No big deal. No big deal. You can't even get in. That's why we ordered it, because you can't even get in. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, shit. You got to tell me about this. Oh, you know about it, I'm sure. Do I? I'm sure you've heard of it. I mean, either way, I will let you know. But um, we had friends over, which was super cool. And then I get a text and you're like, hey. I may, I don't know what it said. It's like, I may or may not have a concussion. I was like, okay, we'll check in tomorrow. I didn't want you to be alarmed when you looked at the doc because I yes. changed the doc. Yes. Thank you for saying that. Um, And also, you know, we, for the first time in a while, you're coming to our apartment. Mm-hmm. I've been going to yours for a while for mm-hmm. a lot of reasons, but um, this time I was able to host. Yeah. So the one time that you're not feeling so hot, I feel terrible. Oh no, it's fine. I, um, it's good because it gives me an opportunity 
to get up and test how I'm feeling before I go into Manhattan for work. And coming over here actually has helped me understand that I probably shouldn't go yeah. into Manhattan for work. Now, and I, I feel terrible because you were not feeling well up the stairs. We're chatting. And I was like, oh, no, you know, and now I think that you're you're fine on the mic, but I can see it. I'm OK. I I'm, I'm I feel like I'm basically fine. You're, you're mostly fine. Yeah, mostly but, fine. But, 75 percent. But heads up, I'm going to read all the letters. Yes, please do. And uh, if we need to cut out early, we can do that. OK, if thank that's you. OK with everyone. Actually, I'm going to um, while you jibber jabber, cool. can I get Tylenol or out of my bag? Yeah. Or I do you want to pause? And uh, other things. I have to take Tylenol. Oh, it has to be Tylenol? Yeah, because apparently like. Sorry, I'm not. I'm making you talk now. No, it's OK, because you can uh, you can. Oh, so the thing that the doctor said was like. The thing they worry about with a head injury is a brain bleed. And she was like, you're really low risk for it. Like we did a neurological exam and like you passed. Um, but it is a risk. So don't take like Advil and stuff like that because they're blood thinners. Oh, you know, okay. mm -hmm. but um, it was funny because the doctor was like, you know, you're low risk. But, you know, if you have like really intense head pain or you're throwing up or you like can't keep your balance. That's a sign of a bleed and you should go to the emergency room. But mm -hmm. I want you like, but you're like a low risk case. And like when we left, Andrea was like, so you feel good about that, right? Like the doctor was very clear that like you're a low risk case. Mm -hmm. And like all I heard the doctor saying, as, <laughs> this is Andrea's joke. I just want to give her credit. All I heard the doctor saying was like, Brain bleed, brain bleed, brain, brain bleed, 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 brain, 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 bleed, bleed, bleed. So um, I'm completely terrified of it, even though um, apparently it's like not that likely. The okay. point is, I'm going to take some Tylenol. Excellent. Um, while you do that, I so opening jibber jabber. Go for Should it. I do yeah, it? Yeah, go okay. for it. I, I will because I have two things I want to talk about. Okay. The first thing was what I wrote in the doc. We'll talk about that in a second. But um, in the last episode, we discussed at length. No, no, no. It was a couple episodes ago. Uh, Roscoe the bed bug sniffing dog. Now, uh, I mentioned that he's like a New York staple and like what a big deal. He's been a bed bug sniffing dog in New York for quite some time. Um, but, you know, maybe there's other ones that are Roscoe. It's also been a long time. He could be dead. I could be wrong. Well, 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 mm -hmm. Sally. Roscoe <laughs> tweeted at me, at us, at finally, us, yeah. because you said the funniest thing, which to me is a badge of honor as a New Yorker. Mm -hmm. So I have, I have some opinions about Roscoe's Twitter feed. Um, you said Roscoe is the Dr. Zismore of bed bug sniffing dogs. And what that means is you're basically like our president. You're right. better than you're you're our mayor. You're definitely that's huge, mm -hmm. right? And also something that is familiar to New York City, but like never never been seen, right? Yeah. Although I know someone who did see Dr. Zismore. And my back doctor is in his old office. So the bathroom Holy key shit. says Dr. Zismore, <gasps> he's real. I've told you this. Yeah. I know, but have you posted that on Instagram? Like several times. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll show you the old one. Anyway. When I say thank you, Dr. Zismore, I'm talking to my back doctor. Wink. Um, I think he's listening again. But all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we get this tweet from Roscoe the Bedbug Dog. He goes, thanks for the shout out and kind words, but I'm famous beyond New York City subway riders. I've been on Good Morning America and Animal Planet. Hope you never need my help, doggy face <laughs> emoji. Now, is it me or is Roscoe negging us or did Roscoe listen to the episode or is the person running Roscoe's Twitter account trying to start something? I think the person running, I'm going to go with option C. Thank you. I think because it's on because it's, it's so on right now. The person running Roscoe's Twitter account is like maybe f struggling with some feelings of inadequacy. Listen, I don't take a lot of things very seriously into heart and I get hate on Twitter. I'm a little bit miffed because let's be honest, it's probably not the real dog. It, uh... It's probably an owner and or someone who works at the place. Yeah. Actually, 
finding us. Did they listen to the episode? Who knows? Yeah, so I mean, thank you. Did you tag? Did you tag? I mean, did they have like I didn't tag them. Did they just like search Twitter for like Roscoe the Bedbug Dog? I'm or? guessing. I didn't I, tag them. My thing is like, as I said to you, like if you have to explain to people how famous you are, you're not. You're not that famous. But also, I was doing nothing but praise. That's true. Nothing but praise. So Twitter, Roscoe. We're going to have a, an uncomfortable conversation at some point because I am going to tweet back. Nice. But I'm hoping to get Pat Kiernan from New York one involved because <gasps> he's the judge of all judges. He's Canadian, official New Yorker. Official New Yorker. Official New Yorker. Mm-hmm. Or uh, Jamie Stelter. Is that her name? Yes. She's great. She's the weather person. She's the weather person. Maybe we can get her Ro- to uh, maybe Roger, we can put them against each other. Roger from New York one follows me on Twitter and we write together. Actually, yeah, I'm going to get him involved first. <gasps> okay. And well, then Pat. We're going to start a major social media yeah. Hatfields and McCoys <laughs> style standoff. Yeah, I've met Pat Kiernan several times, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> hey, listen, my opening jibber jabber originally was going to be I love Dick and yours Go was going to be Game of Thrones. True. And I think it's funny that you and I, I love Dick and Game of Thrones, two opposite things from what we normally talk about. Kind of. A violent show and also, you know, but I love Dick is a beautiful amazing show written by the most talented people mm. it's so <clears throat> fucking that the, good was that william h mason no no it's um it's kevin oh yeah um bacon the, the guy from yeah yeah but written by and about amazing amazing women and other uh it, it's really a beautiful oh, cool. show it's hilarious and it's kind of kind of making fun of um the activist community and men in that community and Go women on. who love them and or realize like <laughs> hmm uh, and huge shout out to Roberta Colindres, who's in it, also a member of the New York New Futurist, oh. also uh, in the public's version of Hamlet now with uh, all these famous people. That's cool. And I am officially in love with her. She's amazing. And the writing's beautiful. And it's a gosh darn amazing show. What channel is it on? I think it's a Netflix show. Oh, OK, cool. I should have checked that before I can we're talking that. about it. Um Cool. I'm excited to watch that. It's based on a book, right? I don't remember. You know what? Maybe I should take part of this out because I didn't do my research. No, that's okay. I'm I keep it in. I, I remember that someone recommended Amazon this. Prime. Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think it's. I think someone recommended it to me, saying it was based on one of their favorite books. Ah, uh, I will, could be. I will put it on my to watch list. Yeah. Currently, I'm on season two of Game of Thrones, so any new watching has to wait. How, do you watch Game of Thrones? I can. I know. I. I. This is my like third attempt to watch it, and the only reason I'm getting through it is because, well, basically. I'll just say this really quick. Mm-hmm. Andrea one Sunday basically narrated the entire, like every episode of every season of Game of Thrones up till now. To so me. she's watched all of them. She's watched all of them. Okay. And obviously she left out all of the really upsetting things, like, you know, the depiction of rape, which is, you know, constant. It's, yeah. Um, and violence and like. So much violence. A lot of murder and children. Yeah. A lot of murder. Lots of murder. Mm-hmm. Um. But the story was so cool. Like, there were so many cool stories. And I was like, okay, let me try watching this again. I watched the pilot again. This is like the second or third time I tried to watch it. And I was like, you people are fucking depraved. This is terrible. Then, wouldn't you know it, I found myself watching the second episode and then the third. And hey, look, now I'm done with the first season. No judgment. It's pretty complicated. I have a lot of, uh, I, I, I have a lot of feelings about it. And I won't get too far into it. But I will say that it is one of those shows where... Um, when there, when there are depictions of sexual violence, I feel like I can hear the male writers like masturbating, um, as they were writing it, which is extremely disturbing. Um, 
I'll just uh, leave it right there. Maybe I'll talk about that again in the future at some point. I, I agree. I mean, I have um, I've watched a couple. I've seen some of the sex scenes. I think Huffington Post like the top ten sex scenes. Mm. Of course, I watched that. <laughs> uh, a lot of them were rape. Yeah, <laughs> um, and, sex scenes. Yeah, yeah. Quote unquote. Sally just did air quotes. Um, but I. I really have tried. I totally get it. I'm sure it's amazing, but it seems that every time I try, it's like, and now we're going to start off with a baby being killed in yeah. front of its mother and yeah. wailing. And I'm like, I I have a hard time seeing that. Yeah. See, when I it's like you. Walking Dead, I'm like, zombies aren't real. Right. Like Game of Thrones, I'm like, that's real. I don't know it's, why. Yeah. The, no, it's true. I mean, the violence on the show is not cartoonish at all. Mm. It looks quite realistic. Like, mm-hmm. I've now seen like several people get their tongues ripped out. And it, and it actually, I think, looks pretty much like how it would look if someone in real life got their tongue ripped out. Yeah. It's pretty unsettling. Bodily mutilation is very upsetting to me. So, like, that's like, not one watch of my things. Show. It's like, I can't even think. Yeah. Know, in The Handmaid's Tale, somebody got their hand chopped off. Spoiler, whatever it Ooh, happens. God. And uh, I was really upset by it. Yeah. It's, Even um, though we deserved it. I, <laughs> no, the, no one deserves that. The thing that I think is what happens with me in Game of Thrones is that when there is no... I, I so far I the the ratio of sexual violence, the ratio of gender based violence yeah. to um, non gender based violence is like I don't know why I started the sentence this way because I don't know how to finish it. There's way more non gender based violence yes. so far. Yes, and so what happens is I'm so disturbed by the rape and the sexual assault yeah. that when it's not happening. I basically feel totally great. So even when terrible, horrible mutilations are happening, I'm like, hey, it could be worse. Could be sexual violence. And I'm like, fine. It's weird. It's like this weird like Stockholm syndrome. And I'm the opposite. I shut down and I can't watch the rest of it because I'm distracted because I'm upset. Yeah. I mean, that's just me. And that's the thing is like, everyone's like, ooh, censorship. It's like, I can self-censor if I don't like a thing. Right. It doesn't mean the show's canceled. Totally. But I can't. I have a hard time watching it. Yeah. I don't don't know how long I'll make it, you know, Mm -hmm. because it might get too disturbing yeah yeah i remember um i remember this happened a couple nights ago what uh sunday i got in a a a tiff Mm. with my boyfriend okay uh because i jokingly don't really know the storyline but i like to think it's a fun game to pretend like i know and he's like please stop (laughs) so i'm like oh what happened did the lady with the dragons finally go to the earth and he's like no um but that sounds actually pretty accurate i feel like thank you i I like to think my my game of thrones spoilers quote unquote are real but they're not um or based on anything but i was coming back from the like listen i know the characters i don't know their names or their backstory but i know what they look like yeah okay and who who were at best but anyway i was leaving from the bathroom to the bedroom to go to sleep Sunday night he's watching Game of Thrones and I see a woman on the screen who was not the blonde woman with the dragons everyone knows that Mm -hmm. I'm not an idiot I don't know her name but as a joke I was like oh is she the one with the dragons totally joking and he's like no she's not and I was like I know that and then like next thing you know (laughs) Frankie Catherine got angry and I was like I we should probably uh table this that's amazing we talked about it he's like are you okay I was like "Mm, fine you know I was like but I knew it was a lady with the dragons but I'm sorry this is like definitely the fifth time (laughs) in the past like two days someone has like reported to me an argument with their partner. One of them is a Game of Thrones watcher and one of them isn't. And yeah. there's been like some argument about it in some in some way. I'm going to unpack that in therapy. And I'm not joking when I say oh, that because nice. actually okay. I was really upset. You know what it was is one time I walked in and there was a really, really disturbing scene on there. And I walked right back in the bedroom and started crying. And I felt like violated in my own home. But of course, it's not his fault. Mm-hmm. He's watching a show, mm-hmm. you know, and I had to sort of reckon. Yeah, that situation. It's, it's definitely one of those things where you wonder about 
I don't. I mean, sorry, but like men who are watching Game of Thrones, not 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 all men, but like but like but like what what is their relationship? And and I guess yeah, I wonder this about women too. Like, what is their relationship to these scenes? Like, are they processing them with like a like you know because Andrea after she watches an episode and there's some really disturbing and also just like not well executed sexual violence like you know it, you know it's like it's it's done in a way that feels like almost like titillating you know mm. like she has like an analysis of that and like she's able to like bring a critical lens to like that and so it's like okay cool like you're you're viewing this with like the ability to be like critical about what is being presented to you but i wonder about people i don't know mm. who are like really really into it and are just like it's like do you do you like have opinions or feelings about like what you're seeing. You and know? that's the thing is like everyone I speak to who I respect or people I just know, and especially my boyfriend who's a playwright and he's a super smart, you know, person, he absolutely does. And mm-hmm. that's the thing. But for whatever reason, he is able to consume it. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't make him a bad person, but he is, mm-hmm. he still reconciles with what's happening. Mm-hmm. While same with me and Walking Dead, everyone's like, oh, but you like that violence. I hate that. They're chopping heads off. And I'm like, but that's different for me. Yeah. But I do sit and reconcile myself because reconcile myself. I think about it because I'm like, why am I finding this funny or fun? Mm-hmm. Not funny, but like, I'm ignoring it mm-hmm. just to get to the next plot line. Right, right. I do, yeah, I do think about that. Yeah, yeah. everyone has like a different thing and like a different threshold and different little things that like bother them and stuff you know but everyone's bothered by different things like there's things alex does not like or is uncomfortable with that i i can watch yeah totally yeah okay i can't believe we talked extensively that was our game Game of thrones Thrones hour a thing we did for self-care sally i need to know what you do (laughs) well i i so i went to urgent care um like city md yeah exactly okay so because like my head was fucking killing me for like an hour after. And it, I've never I've never like hit myself that hard and had it continue to hurt and like had the pain like radiate. So I was like, let me go get checked out. So here's the thing about CityMD. The website is like tells you all the different locations and what the wait times are. And it was like seven minutes. So mm-hmm. I went and it, they were like, we have a 45 minute wait. It was like amazing. <sighs> so I was there for like a long time. But, um, you know, it was it was good. It was like kind of for my peace of mind because I didn't want to get home and try to go to sleep and be worried that like I had a brain bleed and was going to die in my sleep. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's, the right you know, yeah. So they did like a neurological exam and they just basically like, you know, like, can you walk in a straight line? Can you follow the light with your eyes and stuff like that? And, um, if you don't do well on it, they, they give you a CAT scan, but if you do, they don't because they like, I guess CAT scans emit a lot of radiation and so they don't want to really do it unless you're, yeah, yeah, unless you're at risk. I usually demand imaging because, you know, that's how I am. But when she said it was a high dose of radiation, I was like, okay, you're probably right. Anyway, so I went to CityMD and I'm really glad I did because it was just really, really good peace of mind. And also the doctor told me like not to exercise for a week and like not to drink and definitely like told me stuff that I'm sure I would have tried to I wouldn't have tried to exercise today because I don't feel good but I'm sure like tomorrow or the next day I would have been like all right back at it and it would have been terrible Mm -hmm. so I'm really glad I went it was really really good peace of mind and what was awesome was that Andrea was there with me and she asked the doctor like the doctor said a bunch of stuff and then Andrea basically asked her questions that made her repeat it all so that I would because she knew that I was going to get home and be like I probably have a brain bleed so she basically like asked the doctor a million things so the doctor would like explain to me while why I was probably fine which was really helpful Mm -hmm. 
having someone go to the doctor with you is like, because they can ask the questions when you're sort of like out of it or when you're like, when like the doctor says something scary and so you stop absorbing information, someone being there is like so helpful. So um, that was, I would say my self-care was like going to urgent care and then also when my partner offered to come with me, always say yes. I was like, "Well, if you don't, you don't. I feel fine, and don't. It's fine." And then she did, and mm-hmm. I was so grateful that she like didn't listen to me saying that like I didn't need her to come because I so did. Yeah, you know. For those listening from uh, Europe, and we have a lot of European listeners, just mm-hmm. so you know, uh, CityMD is basically if you need to go to the emergency room, possibly, but you don't want to go to the ER, it's good. It's smart to have a pop-up clinic. Mm-hmm. Pop-up clinic. Uh, that said, we shouldn't have to have that because healthcare, we can talk about that later, but the emergency room is not a good place to go unless you have mm-hmm. an actual, I'm bleeding, I'm about to die emergency. Mm-hmm. It's more like, it's pretty serious. Yeah. I can't wait to go to the doctor tomorrow, but I need help. Exactly. So that's what that is. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, that's why when um, I've learned that through friends and through being hospitalized and it's just... When somebody gets sick or is diagnosed with something and they have to go to a lot of doctor's visits, that's why I always say, do you want me to come? Mm -hmm. And more often than not, they say no. But there's sometimes where it's like if they say yes, like it's it is very helpful. I say no, too. But there's Mm -hmm. times I'm like, you know, in hindsight, I should have said yes. So do say yes if a friend offers because it really helps to have an advocate there, someone to stand in line with you, someone to get you water if you need, deal with someone who's being um, difficult, which is most likely going to happen. Yeah. If you don't have the energy to do that, you shouldn't have to. So yeah. Get an advocate. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm glad you're, you got it checked out because I, I believe in that too. You never know. Yeah. Head injuries are serious. Totally. Even when they're, you know, and where's the bump? It's in the back of your head. It's like, yeah, it's like right. Yeah. No, it's, that's, that's tough. Concussions are no joke. They're no joke. So, um, go to, go to urgent care or live in a country where you have better health care than us and you don't have to go to urgent care. Wow. So many things (laughs) happening with health care. We can talk about that later. Uh, my, my self care actually was related to the game of Thrones, Mm. uh, thing where we got into a little bit of the old, I'm the one who raised their voice. (laughs) Um, my boyfriend and I do talk about things when they come up because I know that if, if I don't work through it, I'm going to be holding a chip on my shoulder mm-hmm. or, you know, vice versa. Um, and so we talked about why it was that I was upset. Mm-hmm. And it was actually a really good convo and I didn't want to talk. I wanted to, like, pretend I wasn't upset because that's exhausting. But uh, finally, I was like, you're more important Aww, to me. Good. And therefore, I'm going to have to talk about feeling uncomfortable. Did you do it like in the moment? We did. And normally I'm not always a fan of that, depending on the situation or if like someone's drunk or, you know, whatever. But at the moment I was like, actually, no, I in the moment I said, you know, I'm upset by this. We can talk. And then it came up later. I'll tell you later. Okay. okay. The point is, it's something that I did need to finally be like, I don't want to talk, but I have to. Okay. good job. Thank you. That's awesome. Well, you know, yeah. Relationships are uh are important. Yeah. And uh, I'm with a wonderful person who um, is very kind and I'm not, I'm not by myself in the world is yeah. what I'm still well, always learning is you don't got to deal with everything on your own. True. I feel like I do. Yeah. But I'm getting there. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Good, good self-care. Yeah. Shall we uh, do dive into these emails? Yeah. Do you mind reading all of not them? Not at all. And Thank actually you. I reorganized part of the doc Ooh. for this, this person, the first one, I'm okay. actually going to put the update on their life before the question. Okay. Good call. Okay. Hold on. But I'm going to drink water. Vamp? Love it. I'm going to vamp. So uh, I'm just going to narrate what's happening. Catherine's drinking water. This is not good vamping. Mm -mm. Shaking a sip. She's, oh, she says it's good. Mm -hmm. Taking another sip. Mm. Got a lot of letters. Good to stay hydrated. It's warm here in the city. (laughs) Here we go. And here we go. All right. This is from Mad Cat. Hey, Mad Cat. Several things. Full disclosure. I've met this person before Mm -hmm. uh, several times. They've been on Tell the Bartender. Um, And I guess there's a couple, there's a content warning 
for the email, but this is an update. Mm-hmm. Um, hold on. I think I, I didn't put it in the right area. Look at that. Uh, I'm scrolling down. Now I'm vamping for me. Um, Catherine's scrolling. I forgot to hit control V. Maybe that's when you. Oh, I texted. Dang it. Oh, wait, no, here it is. Okay. Here it is. Uh, so you may remember Mad Cat from being someone who wrote into the show a while back about, I think we can say Jamie Kilstein, mm-hmm. and did say, since my last email, I've been one of the most supporting relationships I can re- remember being in. The story of how we met is its own great story. It may or may not involve cats. We've been together for nine months. He knows my history and his responses. This is what makes you such an amazing person. Um, yeah. So basically, she's just saying that she's doing doing well. And mm-hmm. that's, that's nice. Yeah. Thank you for the update. But they also have a question. So uh, this is from Mad Cat. Uh, just so you know, I did, we both did edit this a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to summarize a few things just to um, keep it a little bit anonymous for the people involved. Okay, as cool. Well. Yeah. A few years ago, a man, let's call him I just put down name, question mark. So that's his name. That's his name. Wait, let's just say what the content warning is for. Yes. Before we do it. Sorry. Yes, yes, yes. So um, content note for abuse and manipulation and harming of pets. Yeah. Right. Excellent. Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. So they said a few years ago, a man, let's call him name. That's me. Uh, allegedly assaulted. I added allegedly. I'm just going to add that. We say allegedly because unless someone's been convicted of a crime, you know, we don't want to say anything so we're going to be using allegedly in this email yeah we're protecting ourselves from these uh sketchy things like defamation and libel yeah allegedly assaulted and abused a number of women within the animal rights community when one of the women was brave enough to speak and share her story he responded by suing her for defamation and libel and won He has also sued a number of women men who spoke out on behalf of these women and their organizations they started he won this is very public knowledge. Everyone knows what he did to those women, abusing them for years and threatening to harm their companion animals. Yes, an animal rights activist harming women and animals. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yes. In just a couple of weeks from now, I will be speaking at a conference for the first time about a brand new project I'm trying to get off the ground. As speakers, we can vote on new inductees into the Animal Rights Hall of Fame. Imagine my surprise when I found out that one of the four nominees is none other than name. I immediately emailed the organizers, who are well aware of his history of abusing women, allegedly, and made it clear how inappropriate this decision was and that his behavior is in violation of the conference's safe space policy, which was co-signed by all the organizers. I then made a post in a conference attendee's Facebook page about what I had just learned and encouraged as many people as possible to email the organizers and express their feeling on the nomination decision. When I woke the next morning, several women from the Facebook group had messaged me expressing their support of what I was doing because, again, this is very public information, but warning me of the possibility of name coming after me. So I've been organizing as many attendees and speakers as I can to continue to email the conference organizers. But the fact is, this man is on the board of many of the organizations involved in the conference and the greater animal rights community. This basically puts anyone from any organization who wants to speak up in danger of having name come after them, which he has proven he will do if anyone gets in his way. It's how he's become so powerful. I've been nonstop organizing the attendees and speakers to continue to put pressure on the organizers to have this known abuser removed from the nominees. Um, so yesterday, I finally got a response from the main organizer. It's as shitty as you'd expect. 
uh, I'm going to summarize the email a little bit, um, but they did say basically that they are still inviting him. Um, One quote from the email is, we have neither the capability nor the competence to judge people's behavior outside the conference. The attendee portion of our safe space policy applies only to behavior at the conference. So, um, but yeah, so basically the guy is still going. Uh, Back to Mad Cat, what the fuck? I want to scream, WTF, sorry. I want to scream, pull out my hair. Um, You know, how do I handle this? I cannot do nothing. I've already gotten the entirety of the conference talking about this and maybe pissed name off enough to come after me. But I cannot do nothing. Also, I may not have control over whatever happens at the conference now that I've thrust this conversation to the forefront and I don't regret it. What's the most effective and powerful way of dealing with this? Should I be afraid? Um, Yeah. So they also sent an update to that. Within an hour of sending you my email, I received a message from name. Essentially, what he said to me was an admin of the Facebook group where I notified the conference attendees of the situation had notified him of my post that I've cost him the win, that what I said is false and that he can prove it with documents and that what I've done is libel. Who boy, I think it's safe to assume it's going to be a hell of a conference. Mad Cat. Mad Cat, thank you for that. Yeah, thanks for writing in, Mad Cat. Um, well, it sounds like you've already done a lot by getting people to talk about this and bringing this to the forefront. And I think that with, I mean, in my experience, um, the best way to handle stuff like this, or not the best way, actually, I can't speak to the best way, but one way to deal with stuff like this is to start these conversations and to talk and to bring things out into the open to the extent that you feel safe doing it. Um, Because that, it may not lead to you know, change right away or punishment for this person right away, but it could get a ball rolling um, in the right direction. And I think it it's really frustrating when you sort of see that someone has this alleged history of, of hurting people um, in a way that like goes against like the principles of the activism that they're involved in. Um, when you start to talk about it publicly, like you want it to be done, like you want it to end right away and you want the person to be punished right away. But I think that it can sometimes take a little time. So I would say it sounds like you've done a really good job of um, not keeping, you know, not not like allowing this to remain a secret that is kept. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're sort of talking about it and getting people. It sounds like you're really getting people to talk about it and acknowledge it. Um, and even if some of the acknowledgement is like, you know, well, we can't speak to whatever people do outside the conference. Y- you are still getting people to have a conversation about it, which when you think about it is like, I mean, compare that to when like people at this level, like weren't talking about it. I think it's kind of like a huge deal. Um, and I think that, I think that the other thing about these situations is like, there are individuals that need to be dealt with for sure. But I think that there's also just some, sort of structural and systemic interventions that need to take place on like in in like leadership of um, different movements and organizations and on like boards and committees and stuff like that. And I feel like there just probably needs to be more awareness raising and education about um, really probably like intersectionality and how like, you know, keeping, you know, maintaining a safe space, um, like, you know, how that is done in a, in a real and authentic way. So I, I know that that is more of a like 
long game type of thing. It doesn't like solve the problem for like right now, but I'm just wondering, like, this is something you're really passionate about. I know. And I'm wondering if like that might be a project that you're interested in taking on or maybe getting other people to take on, which is just sort of more like big picture, like macro education and awareness raising in animal rights, you know, communities. Catherine, what do you think? Yeah, thank you. That's very well put. Um, so, hey, Mad Cat, I, I read this and it's one of those things where I'm like, I've read so many similar things where alleged behavior happens or even a person who has knowingly abused women and been convicted and still um, is allowed in spaces. So the way I see it, I think five years ago, Catherine might say, uh, oh, yeah, like still go in there and you know talk about it and fuck shit up. Uh, part of me is trying a new thing where it's like, these people who run this are a problem. Mm -hmm. The people who are attending are a problem. They don't take you seriously. And at the end of the day, they're choosing to believe one person over another. Understandably, I, I get it. If they haven't been convicted of a crime, you know, I get that. We're a free country. Um, but more and more I'm thinking about instead of trying to change it, starting new spaces. Mm. I am all about right now, don't even go. You know what? Let them have their little party. Mm -hmm. I would say I think it's it's been time for a while for other people just to start their own space. Mm -hmm. And it's like you can join if you want. And if not, that's totally cool. Mm -hmm. You're never going to convince these people that this is a problem. Mm -hmm. And that's annoying. And it hurts. And I hurt for you. Like what what a terrible position to be in. Right. But maybe don't enter it then. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't mean, you know, run away from it. But there's no there's no way you can change their mind at this point. You've already expressed your concerns and they're not taking you seriously. That's huge. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Um, and, you know, I know one could argue, well, that means people can't move forward and people can't have a safe space to talk about animal rights. I think you can. I think that a lot of people think they can change from the inside. Yes, maybe in some places. But in a situation like this, maybe it's I think it's time to try something else mm -hmm. because going there is not going to be good. Mm -hmm. It's not. Um, I mean, listen, you can network, you can make connections, you can get people who are like minded to agree with you. But I would be concerned about going there myself. Mm -hmm. And yes, I do enter situations that I know aren't gonna, are going to be a little hostile sometimes because I choose to. But before you go in, really think about really think about why you're going mm -hmm. and how this will affect your mental health, mm -hmm. um, because I'm. I really don't see this as giving up. I see that as as a, a major, bold, solid move for your self care and to show them, you know what? I'm not even going. Mm -hmm. I wonder if people will follow you. Yeah. You know, and also I, you know, based on your letter and based on letters before, I know you, you um, are very active and it's hard. Mm -hmm. And think about the fact that there's so many other people like you who also are, are agree with you and like-minded. You're not alone. You're not alone. Talk to those people and maybe think about how you as a group could do something. Mm -hmm. And that might be not going to this. And maybe their conference will die out next year because a lot of people choose not to go. I don't know. What do you yeah, think? I think that that's really smart. I think that's right. I think I definitely think that there's something to be said for like figuring out is now the time to try to like change the, this community that I'm in or is now the time to like start my own community, you know? And I think I, you might find you're not alone. Yeah, I, no, I agree. I think that like one thing that really um, is important is thinking about how you're trying to persuade people and how you're trying to um, get people from where they are to seeing your point about something is, is like really crucial. So I think that like, um, if people feel 
like attacked or threatened, um, they're probably not as responsive to like the very, very good point that you're making, no matter how good the point is. But I think that um, I, I don't, I don't want this to sound like I'm saying like everyone should just like stop like <laughs> yelling and being so passionate and so like rude about their needs and beliefs because I actually don't think that that's true. I think <laughs> that like we should all be yelling as much as we think it's going to be effective. But I think that like when you're trying to make like institutional change, I think that you have to be like really cautious and intentional about how you are talking to the people who have the ability to make the change. And I think that um, I think that I mean, I don't. I don't know exactly how you approached people, Mad Cat. And I'm not saying that it's like your fault that they don't believe you. But I, I'm just thinking about like um, how dogmatic activists can be. Like one of that sometimes is what makes like a really effective activist is that they're like incredibly dogmatic. I mean, I think that only gets you so far, but whatever. Mm -hmm. And so they can be really threatened by anyone who's like, giving them information that sort of like undermines the like cohesiveness of their mission or their leadership or whatever. And so, you know, if you're going to go to a group of people and say like, you know, this guy is like, you know, and you're going to use really strong language uh, about what this guy allegedly did, that might put people off enough that they're like not going to take you seriously. Um, and again, like it, it is totally your choice as to how you like present the information and you can take the, you can take the point of view that you can say it however you want. And if they don't, they don't believe you or trust you, that's their problem. People should believe and trust women, um, and men who report this kind of abuse, no matter what. I totally believe that. I also think that at the same time, um, I think we all know that like when someone approaches us and is like in a sort of, um, reasoned way, like presenting a, um, a persuasive argument without like yelling at us or using incredibly strong language, we're probably going to be like more open to hearing the argument. I think that that's something to keep in mind if you're trying to make institutional change. I also want to say that what Catherine said, I totally agree with. You cannot want to make institutional change. You can be like, fuck this. This is bullshit. Like I'm not going to deal with people that I have to like, mm -hmm. um, take care of in order for them to like understand what's going on this is garbage I'm starting my own thing so that's mm -hmm. just like I, I'm just like uh, I just I think you have a lot of options I guess yeah. more and more I'm finding that um, if people don't take me seriously the first time and I've tried sometimes that the kind approach they're not going to take you seriously but it doesn't hurt to try different approaches in general because you know sometimes you make a difference mm -hmm. but overall yeah I, I really you know, the more I've been thinking about this, like what a what a terrible group of people who, mm -hmm. who don't take one, let alone several people seriously. Mm -hmm. Like even if they, it's not true, let's say everyone's making it up. Um, I would still take the allegation seriously, mm -hmm. you know. Totally. Um, so, yeah, I think our advice to you is like we're with you. It's exhausting. There's other way. There's other things you can do. Mm -hmm. And I, I truly believe more and more that if I just can't make a difference, uh, no matter how many times I try or how I approach people. There's people who do support you, mm -hmm. who will back you up, who will show up to the next mm -hmm. thing, who maybe won't show up to this. Maybe, totally. you know, and you're not alone. You're mm -hmm. not alone. There's times where I get overwhelmed with our administration and healthcare and all these things. But I have to remind myself other people are furious, too. You don't have to single handedly take it on. Mm -hmm. um, and it helps to talk to people who are like minded totally. to vent 
to feel supported mm-hmm. and to realize strength in numbers. Mm-hmm. Totally. You know? Yeah, I think that's right. Um, it's not I, up to you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, yeah, you can be like, I'm going to play the game and try to like see how I can get these people on board. Or you can be like, fuck this. I'm not playing the game. Um, I also think that like you could if you wanted to go and do something like if you have enough people and you wanted to like go and all uh I don't know hand out statements just people are all wear the same thing or mm-hmm. all tur- like sit in the audience and like turn your back to the stage or you know if you want to do something sort of some sort ah. of like action you could um but I think it's you know as Catherine said you can also I mean you could also just like not go and like if there's enough of you you could like issue a statement about why you're like boycotting it yeah. you know I think you have like a lot of options in terms of like um uh, making your voices heard but I do think that you've done a lot of the work already, which is really just getting this out in the open and not being afraid to be publicly saying this is bullshit and it shouldn't be existing in our community. Yeah, absolutely. So definitely keep us posted. Yes, and thank you for the updates. All right. This person needs a name. Um, Sally, what, would you want to do a Game of Thrones name? I mean, maybe we should. Yeah. Let me pick someone who hasn't been terrible so far. Ooh. Let me think. I'm only in the first season, so this person could turn out to be terrible, but um, I'm going to go with... It's so hard to think. Dragon of egg. There's. A, we should probably just go with dragon egg. Dragon egg. Right. I was gonna say. I was gonna say Bran, who's like a child, who has. So he hasn't done anything, but he could in two seasons. He could turn out to be like the mad decapitator or whatever. So let's go with dragon egg. Listen, which I is, mean, no spoilers, but uh, Bran is. I'm, I'm just, I have no idea. <laughs> but they all grow up to be assholes. They do. I right? think that's probably right. Uh, except for dragon egg, who's amazing. Who we're gonna. <laughs> that's the name we're gonna use now. First name dragon, dragon. last name egg. <laughs> Dragon Egg. Let me just add that. Okay. So, this is from Dragon Egg. Wonderful. Uh, It sounds like Drag and Egg. Oh, it does, doesn't it? Oh, whatever. Dragon. Hey, Dragon E. All right. Mr. Egg, if you're... Okay. Uh, (laughs) Greetings, Kate and Sally. I have a problem. Feel free to pick a name for me. Don't worry, Dragon Egg. We have. Uh, Call me Dragon. Mr. Egg is my dad. (laughs) Or whatever. Right? Is that the joke? Hold on a second. Dad jokes. Yeah. Can I tell you my favorite one that reminded me of you? Yes. Okay. It's my favorite genre of humor. A child told this to me. Okay. A child who's going to be the leader. This child is our future. Okay. I met their mom. Okay. As in like they check out. They're really a child. Okay. <clears throat> so the joke is, what did the, I forget the actual one, a startup, but what did the uh, dad say to his son when he came out and saw the son had dug like three ditches in the backyard? What? I don't know, Catherine. What did the he say? Well, well, well. <gasps> so that, that was written for you, I think. That's the best joke I've ever heard, it's, hands down. So I heard a client of mine who they're going to launch soon, I'll let you know later, sent some samples of like their friends on the podcast, like testing the microphones. This little child told this joke. <sighs> I hit pause. I waited for Alex to come home. I was like, you have got to hear this. I've been talking about this joke for way too long with the client. They're like, okay, we get it. You like the joke. I was like, you don't understand. <laughs> no, you don't understand. And of course, I still fucked up the setup. But anyway. That is so great. Dragon egg. Let's do this. Okay. <clears throat> I'm an early 30s cishet woman. I dated a man for three-ish years. And during the last year or so of our relationship, I turned into somebody I never wanted to be. I didn't want to be with him anymore. I wasn't facing my issues or trying to communicate with him. I cut myself off from him emotionally, even though we lived together. I struggled with depression, anxiety, and low self-esteem. We fought all the time. I was unfaithful, 
and I ended up breaking up with him. And even in my breaking up, I wasn't strong enough to be honest with him. I was a liar and a coward. It's been nearly two years. We haven't been contact since. Nearly two years, and I still replay the breakup in my mind. He loved me so much, and I broke him. I should have been honest from day one of my unhappiness, but instead I got wrapped up in horrible things and treated a good person so incredibly badly out of fear and selfishness. I removed myself from his life and our shared life because I felt it was the kindest thing to do, to set him free to find someone who deserves his love so he could be away from the terrible dumpster fire I became. I have no desire to reach out to him because I know it would be for selfish reasons to see if he's doing all right and if he still hates me. I know I'm not entitled to that information after what I did. How do I forgive myself? I'm so disappointed that I was capable of behaving so despicably towards someone I loved. I never, ever want to be that person again. I want to be a good person. I'm sure I'm a bad person now, even though I've been working on being very honest and kind with the people in my life, friends, family, new relationship. I communicate and do my best, but I can't change the past. I did horrible things and I feel scarred by it. I feel like this is who I am now. I can't wash it off. It hurts. It haunts me. I'm in therapy also, but I can't go as often as I like because it's expensive. Thanks for all the good work you do. I'm actually quite nervous to send this email because of what people might say about it. Dragon Egg. Thank you so much for that, Dragon Egg. Yes, thank you, Dragon Egg. Um, it was a really good letter. Um, so... I think that like when I read this, I feel like there are two things going on. One thing is like what you actually did in this relationship that you feel bad about. And the other thing is like how much you're beating yourself up about it. Um, because I feel like your language around it is really strong. Mm -hmm. Like you said, I'm sure I'm a bad person now. You you said you became a terrible dumpster fire. Um, you, you just, I, I, the, you use really, really, really strong words to like denigrate yourself. And I think that there's, you know, there is a difference between being like, you know, I behaved really badly. I feel ashamed of it. I want to understand why I did it so that I never do it again. Um, and also I believe that in my core, I'm a good person and I just have to like figure some things out for myself. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't really sound like, it sounds like you're doing the first part, which is like, I did really terrible things. And then that's leading you like the next part that's leading you to is like, so obviously I'm a really bad person. Mm -hmm. And I just, I feel like you, you seem, you seem so fixated on how bad of a person you are that it, it, I feel like, I do think that like you probably need to figure out and process like why you behaved that way in your relationship. But I think the other thing that you need to figure out is like why you're spending so much time um, thinking about how terrible of a person you are, because it, I feel like that has become its own thing. Um, I just, you said, I'm sure I'm a bad person now. And like, you know, I don't know you. So, you know, I guess you could be a bad person, but like when someone cops to the bad things they've done and mm -hmm. talks about how bad it makes them feel to think about how much they hurt someone and how much they're working on being honest and kind with the people in their life, that th those don't sound like the words of a bad person. Those sound like the words of a person who is a good person. I mean, I don't know if there's such a thing as like bad person and good person, mm -hmm. but it sounds like the words of someone who's trying to not repeat mistakes and not hurt people and treat people with kindness, but has this thing in their past that they haven't fully processed. So like, I just, I feel like you're, it's going to be really hard for you to like move on about the hurt you've caused this person because you're, you, you're spending so much time sort of 
convincing yourself and kind of us that you're like irredeemable. And I just don't buy that. I just don't think that's true. Um, I really think that I know therapy is expensive. Um, but honestly, like this is no shocker, but like, I, I do think that like probably finding a way to, um, get professional help, maybe a lower cost option, or maybe it's a group thing or, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is, but I, I do feel like this is something that you're going to have to um, unpack with like a professional. Catherine, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, Sally, were you like me when you first read this and thought before they said that about therapy, like, oh, this person's definitely been in therapy. Yeah. Like there was something very self-aware and not definitely. that you have to be in therapy to be self-aware, yeah. let's be honest, but it does help. Definitely. Um, everything Sally said, dragon egg. I'm telling you right now that while reading this out loud and for people who are listening, I guarantee you, I mean, I'm not sure, but I guarantee you there's at least a few people like nodding and going, yeah, I feel this way too. Or wow, this is, I've been with a partner who treated me like this. If only they were so Mm self-aware. What you wrote. Yeah. And I'm not giving you like all the, the cookies and flowers. I mean, like you said you did a bad, but like it is very rare, not rare. It's, it's very insightful and kind for you to recognize that what you did was not good. Mm -hmm. Um, You're doing the right things by not contacting them. I think I wouldn't either like give them the space. You're giving them the space. You're not making it about anything else. But I will say that you're obviously doing a lot of internal reflection. Um, I'm not going to put you off the hook for this, but were you the only one in the relationship who had problems? Like, I don't know. Was this person perfect too? I get it. Like it's, I don't know you were that person, but you're putting a lot of weight on yourself. Now it is possible they did everything right and you found yourself lying to them. And for whatever reason, we're not a good partner. But um, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, not everyone is absolved of everything in relationships, but you know, here we are. I just have this information in front of me. So the information I have in front of me is you feel terrible. And um, I almost said, and that's great. But what I mean to say (laughs) is, wow, I, I, I've been in relationships where people have treated me poorly and then told me like, I'm really sorry and I'm working on things. And that's, yeah, that's, that's really nice to hear. I've also been in relationships where someone treated me like shit and never owned up to it. And it hurts. Um, but also I've been the person in the relationship who's not done the right thing. And I have felt guilty and bad and, and have dealt with these feelings, not exactly the the same as yours, but I think most people have definitely felt that they, did something bad because they were not aware of how to do relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, their relationships are hard. They're the first time you actually start to reflect on, you know, maybe your parents or the way, the way you saw relationships when you were raised and you find yourself maybe mimicking behavior that wasn't good for you or good mm-hmm. for your parents. Um, I guess this is a very long way of saying like, this is, I'm really glad you wrote this because people don't talk a lot about the time they were the ones who did something terrible. Uh, it's a very hard thing to think about, but I guarantee you, Dragon Egg, you're not alone. And I'm really, really appreciating the insight and the thought. So to answer your questions, how are you going to move on? Because everyone needs to move on at some point, right? And when I say move on, I don't mean like forget what you did, but it sounds like you have friends and a partner and, you know, think of this relationship as a a part of you that maybe you're not proud of, but embrace it because then you learn something. Then you learned how to be a good partner. You know, give yourself a hug and hug all the parts, even the part that did a fucked up thing, um, you know, according to you. And be aware that you're, you're not born knowing everything, 
But the fact that you can recognize when you have done something wrong is really huge. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, I don't know. No, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was just thinking about how like um, Dragon Egg asked, how can I forgive myself? And it made me think about how after I broke up with someone like many years ago, I felt like I treated them badly. Like I just I just felt like I didn't you know, I didn't I didn't really like lie and I wasn't really like deceitful and I, I, I but I I just like didn't really like to say that I didn't like center their feelings would be like a major <laughs> understatement and I I handled it I, I handled ending a relationship really selfishly and it like really hurt the person I was breaking up with and I was so racked with guilt I I've, I'd never actually like felt that guilty in my life and like that ashamed and I was telling a friend about it and I was like, I just feel like I can't function because I feel so guilty. And my friend was like, you you beating yourself up isn't going to like make it so that this never happened. You beating yourself up isn't going to make the other person feel better. All it's doing is preventing you from figuring out what was going on for you that you behave this way Mm. because this is like, you know, this isn't the way you want to behave in a relationship. You know, this isn't what is okay to do to another person. And that really stuck with me. That was really profound because I felt like my feelings of like guilt were so intense and I was so hung up on them that they were like basically allowing me to not really actually think about why I behaved the way I behaved because I was like, I couldn't even get there because I was just like doing this really, this like intense thing about like how guilty I was and I was such a bad person and oh my God, I feel terrible when, you know, the whole time what would have probably helped me process my guilt and my shame was like spending some time thinking about what was going on for me that I was like doing that stuff. And like in the years since I have really thought about it and the, to like bring it back to the question of how do I forgive myself is like, I think, you know, I mean, for me at least it was like figuring out, trying to sort of get to the bottom of like why I behaved the way I behaved, not to like exonerate myself and be like, well, see, this is what was happening. I was going through a thing. And so I just like couldn't be a good person. So I forgive myself. It's not about that. It's about like being like, okay, well, here's what's going on for me. Here's how I was struggling with it. And I made some like pretty shitty selfish decisions in order to deal. And now that I understand that, I can know that I won't replicate it again because I'm like, I'm aware of it. I understand what happened. I, I understand what led to me doing what I did. And I think like having that understanding, like don't underestimate like how powerful it is to really, really understand your motivations for why you behave the way you behaved because I think that can go a long way in helping you forgive yourself. Um, because I think that like maybe if you felt like, you really understood why you did, why you behaved the way you did, it would help you know that you won't do it again yeah. because you'll be able to like cut it off at the pass and that might help you forgive yourself. So I think that um, I think that you just have like a lot more thinking to do and introspection, but not the kind of introspection where you sit there like flogging yourself and telling yourself and other people that you're like obviously a really bad person. It's the kind of introspection that that like needs to get you to some answers. Yeah, I was just like nodding and trying not to be too vocal about it, but going, yes, <laughs> um, I, I, wow, even, even just even now I'm still reckoning this because I went from not knowing much, but being scared of relationships to mimicking my parents' marriage to holding things in and pretending everything was fine and then having it explode and having me be very, very not nice to my partner many years ago. 
I did a breakup really wrong. You know, I made it so that I made them hate me mm -hmm. and then it'd be easier to break up. Mm, I like totally. I, I didn't realize I was doing it at the yeah. time, but because I was too scared to have a conversation. And till this day and actually even, you know, I was talking about with um with my boyfriend. Now we, we live together and I find myself I haven't lived with someone in a long time and I have to check in every day because I was really upset about a thing that had nothing to do with him. And then he was in the same room as me when I was feeling a thing. And I I found myself getting upset at him just because he was the only one in the room. Mm -hmm. And that's something that's a, that's abusive behavior. Mm -hmm. That's not okay. And I checked myself and I said, can we have a check in? You know, he's like, what? And I was like, no, no, it's, it's, it's me. And I just said, I want you to know that I am upset about this. Mm -hmm. It came out like this and I'm really sorry. Mm -hmm. And it was very, it was a quick conversation mm -hmm. and I'm not perfect at relationships at all. But for me, it was the tiniest thing that helped acknowledge that I hurt his feelings for a second and that I was upset about something else. Mm -hmm. And he, of course, he's he's wonderful and he's, you know, doing his own things of of, of relationships and in his own practice. And everyone I know is on their own journey. But um yeah, it it takes yeah, you have to check in with yourself. Mm -hmm. And and this this email is very much a check-in mm -hmm. and I really appreciate it. You yeah. Know? Listen, your partner has or your former partner has every right not to ever want to talk to you again too, right? So who knows? But it doesn't mean that you can't continue to check yourself. So mm -hmm. I think that I guess the um, advice I would hate to say, like, go easy on you, you know, because, you know, you, you're choosing to acknowledge this, but it haunts you. You can't wash it off. Is it keeping you? Is this shame keeping you from mm -hmm. your current relationships? Right. And I mean that with friends and your partner. And mm -hmm. I think you're dating someone as well. Um Think about it this way. Do you, how do you want to behave towards future partners and friends? Um, because if it's consuming you that you're so regretful, well, that's no way to be either. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, yes, be whoever you are. But think about it this way. If not for you, do it for your future relationships. Mm -hmm. But do it for you, too. Yeah, you do know? it for you, too. Yeah, exactly. It, it helps to sometimes think of your friends or lovers as opposed to you when you're being hard on yourself. That's mm -hmm. what I do is like, this person needs to know why I'm upset. Mm hmm you know um so yeah i try to think about who you want to be good to yeah yeah i think uh dragon egg you sound really really self-aware and really insightful like as Catherine was saying just like reading the email like there's just like a level of insight you have about yourself and what happened that is like really i just feel like gives you like a really good head start and like figuring all this out so just be kind to yourself and you know spend some time like doing the work and not the work of beating yourself up because i feel like you've really got that covered mm -hmm. <laughs> but do the work of like digging into things that happened and figuring out why and stuff like that yeah yeah be be the change mm -hmm. <laughs> do awesome so listen we we talked a lot about we game did. of thrones and you have a concussion we do have a third email but we're already an hour and three minutes in so can we call it yeah let's I think call, we should it. call it um but yeah we will get to your emails and listen sally you have the song of the week shit what i didn't think of one Hold it's okay on. i got mm, oh, you got one or or well, you think about you it while do I do this? Yeah, okay, let me think. Yeah. Um, so listen, you can tweet at us at StrugglebusPod. Email us with a question. Use the subject line, something about questions, strugglebuspodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to join our secret Facebook group where everyone supports each other and we uh, we take care of each other and you can go in there and just read about other people's struggles or send cat photos, we love that. 
email us again at strugglebuspodcast at gmail.com, but send a separate email and put it in the subject line that you want to join the group and give us the email you log into Facebook with. And I'm the one who handles that. And when I get back to you and say, you're in the group, let me know if you didn't get the, the email. Definitely let me know. Email me until you get in. I want to know and I want to make sure you get in. Uh, Instagram.com slash the struggle bus pod to see pictures of us. Use the hashtag struggle pod buds 420 to find a struggle buddy. Tweet at Sally T. Tweet at me at SBK Heller. And if you want to become a member, um, it helps to get money. You know, if you don't have money, I get it. You know, it's totally cool. But if you do, for as little as $5 a month, you can join and go on to strugglebuspodcast.com and click on the link to Gumroad. And you get access to nine bonus episodes. Once a month, we do them. And we are doing one soon. Uh, yeah. And also, you get a ticket to ride Struggle Bus Pass. So that's that. Sally, song of the week. Tell me why this song moves you. Okay. The song of the week is. Tell dun, it... dun, 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 dun. Yeah. <laughs> Drum roll. Have we done Tell It to My Heart by Taylor Dane? <gasps> no. Okay. And so I don't know why not. I don't know why not either. So this is a classic. Um, I don't know. Did Taylor Dane have like hits or only like hit? I believe there's one more and I'm about to buy Okay. Um, this is just like. This is on my playlist called 80s Pop to Work yes. Out To. Um, Taylor Dane um, was maybe a one to three hit wonder. Um, but I don't I don't want to denigrate Taylor Dane. She made some great music. And one of them is this song, Tell Love It To My Heart. Lead you back. There That's you go. The second one. There you go. Right. Um, yeah, those are the two. <laughs> <laughs> those are the two. Okay. But uh, nevertheless, Taylor Dane... Um, I feel like has a really distinctive voice. Oh, wait. Don't rush me. Go on. I don't know that one. Was that a hit? Yeah. Okay, so Taylor Dane was actually really famous and had a lot of hits, it turns out. Um, Tell It To My Heart, kind of your classic, tortured, yet upbeat love song, um, which I feel like was like a genre of 80s pop, you know, like kind of kind of tortured, kind of upbeat, kind of great, kind of fun. Um, and I, fig I figure, why not? Uh, I was going to try to think of something concussion related, but I don't know that many concussion related songs. So um, tell it to my heart. Yeah. I, so so don't rush me. Funnily enough, was in my head yesterday. Whoa. Like went on repeat, you know, on loop. Whoa. And uh, I'm sure you know it. Don't rush me. I made that mistake before. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's ringing a bell. Right? That was really good, too. It was good. She actually had several hits, it turns out. Um, she was super famous, had a million hits. Um, yes. Catherine, one thing unrelated is that I feel like the thing that you tagged me on Twitter, me and Andrea, and yesterday, I feel like you should definitely. Did you put it in the Facebook group? No, it's, it's the most important thing that ever. It's happened. the most thing that's the most important thing that's ever happened on the internet or off. And I just really feel like it needs to go into the Facebook group. I'll give you uh, uh, the beginning. Yeah. Should we describe what happens in the beginning? Yeah. It's a story. Yeah. It's a triptych. Okay. First, well, you say the first panel. Well, I, I think you might have to do it due to my okay. brain power right now. So first, they're, they're golden retrievers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Like four or five golden retrievers are like. It's a picture of them kind of looking into a store window, but they're like, they just noticed it. Like yeah. they're not really standing together. They're kind of like in a little bit of a pack. The next picture, they are sitting together, all cuddled up. In a huddle. In a huddle. <laughs> together outside the store, sitting and looking directly at something. And the last one, should I tell them or should it be a reveal? I think to find out the last one, I think that you either need to be in the Facebook group or look at my or Catherine's Twitter feed and then yes. you can see if you don't want to join the Facebook group. So think about what you think those dogs were looking at because that's my favorite part Yeah, is what they were looking at. Yeah. Mm. 
It's uh, pretty amazing. Oh, by the way, Chipwitch, the Amtrak puppy, started trending after I said I talked about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so really? Like almost 200 retweets. Whoa. You guys. Well done. But oh, I found out Chipwitch already is really famous. Chipwitch has an Instagram account with more followers than me. Oh, God. Chip so Witch. after all that. Chipwitch earns them by being the cutest dog on earth. Chipwitch was already famous. Well, First well, name well. Chip, last name Witch. <laughs> Mr. Witch was Call my me dad. Ch- I'm just going to keep making that joke. <laughs> I was I was hoping you'd do that. <laughs> um, we have a lot of options for episode titles. Hey, listen. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. I'm Kate. I'm Sally. Bye. Bye. Bye.